0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Road End podcast where each week we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and talk all things Liverpool.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Road End podcast. I'm pleased to say today I'm joined by Peter Moore. Peter's had a brilliant career ranging from president of Sega, vice president of Microsoft Entertainment in 2017 appointed CEO of his boyhood club, Liverpool Football Club. Welcome, Peter. How are you?
0: I'm great, Dom. How are you?
1: Yeah, great, great. I'm really excited to have you here.
0: Sure. Thank you. Likewise.
1: I was looking through your career, and obviously the Liverpool one rings massive bells for all of us. But I noticed that you started as a PE teacher in Langollen. How did this start?
0: Well, it's Llangollen, Langollen Yeah, I knew
1: someone to say
0: don't, don't wander into there and, and say it's Langollen. Yeah, I was... Um, <laughs> I was a PE teacher in the mid-70s. I went to Maidley College of Physical Education. Uh, in those days, uh, mid to early 70s, you could go to a specialty PE college and do a, a degree in physical education. Uh, I went to Maidley um, and then graduated and started teaching in Klangothlin at Brand, uh and taught there for four years um, and uh, loved every minute of it other than the... Snow is on the Welsh mountains in December and January and teaching football and rugby out there, but it was, uh, it was a great kickstart to my career.
1: Nice. I think a lot of people wouldn't have knew that about you, so I just thought I'd get that in there first. I've noticed that you're involved in a new project, the founder of Santa Barbara Sky Football Club. How's this come yeah. about?
0: um so I'm coming to you from Santa Barbara from Montecito which is in the hills uh above Santa Barbara and uh I uh, when uh, my wife and I left Liverpool left the Whirl uh, and came back um you know we have six kids here in the U.S. between us and so and they're spread out all over so it gives us the opportunity to live anywhere we want and uh Debbie my wife had uh, previously lived here a while back working for Sonos uh the music company which is a sponsor of Liverpool Football Club mm. and uh, We were very fortunate to be able to find a house, um, and uh, I quickly entrenched myself into the community here. Uh, For better or worse, the folks at USL figured out that the former CEO of Liverpool Football Club was residing in Santa Barbara and requested a meeting. They've been trying to get a professional franchise up and running here for a couple of years. So I agreed to help them, uh, even though I have a full-time job and board positions to help them get going. And we built the club from scratch. Uh, I'm the founding investor, so... I'm writing all the checks right now to get everything going, but uh, we're, we're up and running uh, websites, mobile apps, season ticket deposits, merchandise collection. Um, go to SantaBarbaraSkyFC.com. And um, we, we, we really feel that this is a great community in which football can have a very positive impact. It's a very diverse community. Um, it's um, kind of, a, I apologize for using soccer, but it's a soccer town and i say that because american football is almost non-existent here um, it is played at the community college level but the big university university of california santa barbara has not played a down of american football since 1987 and their stadium which we hope to play in uh, is a soccer specific stadium 17000 oh, nice. seater soccer specific stadium uh, sits on the pacific ocean beautiful location great campus and so it it was ripe for bringing a um, a team here there hasn't been a team here uh for the best part of of 30 plus years at any no. level and in fact you go all the way back the last head coach uh, of the team that played here was one Ron Yates ron came over and was was head coach here in Santa Barbara I guess, in the early 70s, and it was uh, phenomenal to find that out. I was not aware of that. But Big Ron, Big Rowdy Yates came over and uh, was head coach here. I'm sure had a great time whilst he was here.
1: Of course. So what's the long-term ambition for this club?
0: We will play in the USL. Uh, right now, our plan is to, to start off in League One, uh, both men's and women's teams, uh, fully professional. Um, and this is a national league, so... A lot of travel involved if you're tucked away on the west coast as we are here with the bulk of the teams being in the midwest and, and and on the east coast and when when you have that kind of travel in the united states that's two and a half thousand miles one way to to play an away game uh, and back um so we're working our way through it I, I know very well the power of what football can bring to a community in a world right now that's pretty divisive um there's one i think platform that that as we're about to kick off the world cup this weekend yeah. that brings everybody together and that's football and um the power of which um can be applied to any community uh, on this planet and um it's my goal to be able to do that concurrently um you know as we did in liverpool and the the lfc foundation red neighbors we will be kicking off uh the foundation cielo the, the sky foundation uh that will support disadvantaged families here in Santa Barbara. Again, utilising what we always called in Liverpool the power of the badge and yeah. being able to use football for good. So, so yeah, full professional franchise, men and women's, uh, USL, United Soccer League, and uh, kicking off in March of 2024.
1: Oh, Exciting times. Good luck. Good luck with everything.
0: Yeah. Moving on to Liverpool then. What's your earliest memory of being a Red? My first game was in 1959, in November of 1959. My dad took me, my dad... Hardcore Red uh took me to Anfield. Um we we beat Lake Norrient 4-3. Uh Phil Taylor was the manager. A month later, when Bill Shankly arrives, of course, we were still in the second division uh yeah. in those days. And then I would I would go to games. Uh my dad would need to take me. Um, we went to a lot of games. Uh, the paddock is where we typically were. My dad was not comfortable on the cop. And when I was old enough uh to go on my own, I, I would go on the cop. Actually. He would dump me in the boys' pen every now and again. And I wasn't a big fan of that. But um, yeah, we were typically on the paddock and then uh, boys' pen once in a while. And then once I reached 15, 16, and I could go on the cop on my own and put my feet on those crush barriers and brace my back, I would go then. And so, and then my life was, was a combination of um, playing a lot. Um, if I wasn't playing and Liverpool weren't playing, I would go watch Wrexham because we had moved to Wrexham when I was um, 10 years of age uh and uh i kind of grew up in my teenage years in Wrexham. my dad had a pub and and and, and his first pub was on dryden street uh just on the corner of great home street and scotty road um and then we moved to garston we had a bench brewery pub the gay cavalier down there on speak road um and then he got an opportunity from burtonwood breweries to to move us 25 miles away uh to wrexham Uh, and so uh we moved to wrexham and and that's where i kind of grew up and that's where my family still are my brothers and, and sister and nieces and nephews still live on the outskirts of Wrexham. And, um, you know, we, we kind of grew up there until I went to college.
1: I've noticed that you had some intel with um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. Was that just the football inside of things for them when they were buying the club? Yeah, no,
0: I, 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 a long story, but, but I had, uh, got some outreach from Rob McElhaney and, and he came to my house and we sat down. Um, and you know, he had, uh, Bluntly tried to lure me back to be the CEO of Wrexham, and, and that was simply wasn't going to happen. We, I had too much going on here, um, but I, I said, look, it's a great town. It's a, it's a massive club that I could not believe was non-league and has been long league for so many years. When I was a kid, we would go there and, and, and Wrexham were in the second division and, and you, know, you would get 15 to 20,000 there. And I wow. still think that the Racecourse Ground, which is an international ground, the oldest active international ground in the world, um, you know, was capable of because of the addressable market in and around Wrexham was capable of doing that. So I spent a lot of time helping Ryan and Rob thinking through, um, you know, what they needed to do background on on the community. The tough times Wrexham through mining and, and steel, um, you know, and, and living in the shadow, if you will, of northern England and a little separated up north from Cardiff and Swansea and mm. and, and everywhere else down in South Wales where kind of the, the Welsh epicenter was. So. Um, and, and, you know, I still will help. Uh, in fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife and I flew over to do a little bit of work for the Peter Moore Foundation there in Liverpool and um, went to see Wrexham in the afternoon, beat Altrincham 4-0, and then went to Anfield that evening and watched Liverpool, unfortunately, lose 2-1 to Leeds United. But, uh, you know, it was great to, great to go to Wrexham, 11,000 there, cracking game. Uh, and, and I hope they can get out of a very difficult league to get out of and, and get back in the football league.
1: Definitely. Definitely. It's a very exciting project. Um, I think everybody can see that what Rob and Ryan are bringing to Wrexham itself, the community is just loving it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, Robert, Robert watched Sunderland till I die. And I don't know if you've watched it. It's a great documentary series. And it really hit home to him, the, the power of the game. He, he likened it to where he grew up in Philadelphia and, and the agony of the sports teams there in Philly is, is kind of like the agony that many of us go through when our teams are perennial losers. And, uh, um, and it brings the, dampens the spirit of an entire community. And um, he, he called Ryan. He'd never met Ryan before, but they had a kind of a, a social media uh, conversation. And um, next thing you know, they were, they were buying Wrexham and everything that came with that. So I was delighted for the community. It's a big club. Uh, it has great runway into, you know, League 2, League 1. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they certainly have the wherewithal desire and the resources to make it successful again.
1: You've been involved in one of, I'd say, well, in my generation, the most successful areas in the Liverpool's club history. Between 2017 and 2020, your tenure, that must make you feel very proud, not only as a Liverpool fan, but also in your position within the club as CEO.
0: Yeah, look, I, I, I'm often presented with those facts and I will say, look, I, I, I did not score winning goals or make uh, fingertip saves uh, from blistering shots from outside the box, but our job there, uh, coming in to a different Liverpool when, when, when Ian Air had left, um, Ian was very involved in the football side of things, as well as the business side of things. And, and, and FSG had, had rightly figured out that they needed to bulk up resources, uh, around making this an incredibly modern football club, a little bit in the, in the American ideal of, of, you know, individual specialists. My job was to, uh, oversee the business of football. And, mm-hmm. um, uh not the the football on the pitch and so um we we went about trying to build the club and and it was very clear to me in the end Dom, there was four things i needed to focus on and and happened to be four c's that was community first um getting the, the the fans closer to the club civic relationships we we are a very important part of the city of liverpool and and uh, commissioned an economic impact report to show how big an impact we have economically, financially, job-wise on the city of Liverpool. But, and managing those relationships with, with the Joe Anderson in the previous yeah. days, uh, obviously Steve Rotherham, Andy Cook, uh, the, the chief of police at that time, and, and, and all good friends of mine still to this day. Uh, uh, the, the commercial side, supporting Billy Hogan and his commercial team, uh, either in the London office or with many of the presentations we were making, and certainly the hosting of the of the key players, the standard charters at that time, Western Union, um, AXA, more recently, obviously, mm. and and everybody else that was part of this virtuous cycle of making a football club successful pour money into it, you put money on the pitch in the form of great players. Those great players win your games. Sponsors and advertisers want to be associated with you. They want to re-up their deal when it comes along and you build both the quality, the quantity and the per capita revenue that comes in through sponsorships. And and the other thing was culture. Um, You know, at at Liverpool, we have close to 800 full-time employees and on game days, um, about two and a half thousand people would make Anfield. First of all, Uh, For for the years I was there, the Premier League's number one stadium to visit, Um, and we were always proud of that. But secondly, as well, you know, we did a a very important um, part of trying to figure out how to build a culture at the club, Chapel Street, Melwood at the time, Anfield itself, um, down in London, that that we're all in this together. And um, culture is incredibly important. Uh, particularly in a city like Liverpool and the way and the responsibility we have as a football club for the for the financial and mental uh, well-being of of, uh, the citizens, not only within Liverpool itself, but on a global basis. We are a global football club, uh, no doubt. And as I traveled the world in my role, whether I was on vacation or whether I was there with the team, I would always go visit in the evenings and have an evening with the official Liverpool supporters club. And it didn't matter if it was in Dubai or Bangkok or or Madrid or, or or New York City or Los Angeles, we would we would go Chicago, we would go find out where the OLSC had usually some bar somewhere. And, and I'd make a presentation about the club and then, you know, have an hour of Q&A from the fans, 50, 60, 100 fans that would be invited to uh, to attend. I loved that uh, and getting that feedback from the fans. So. So again it 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 becomes commercial civic culture and community and that really was the focus that i had in my three and a half years there in building that and you know as i left um yeah you're right dom that we had trophies galore we were champions of everything and everywhere but the thing that always resonates to me was people come up to me and say you made me feel closer to the club and and still to this day bizarrely even here in santa barbara somebody will recognize me And um, we'll say similar things like that. And in fact, we've been just granted OLSC status here in Santa Barbara. We brought brought together probably 40 or 50 Liverpool fans here in Santa Barbara and um, filed for OLSC status, had it approved. So we're delighted to be part of the official Liverpool supporters club.
1: Brilliant. Just to touch on that. um, I would also like to say thanks on behalf of the, the fans and certainly from myself, because... There was that distance between the um, the fans and the players that had been missing for a long time. Uh, and it's safe to say, you can see it week in, week out. Now, everyone's behind that team. Everyone's behind the manager. Not just that, behind the club. Now, there's stuff going on with the club right now in terms of FSG, which has felt quite hand in hand for this uh, meeting, to be honest with you. Um, what are your thoughts on the FSG looking to potentially either sell the club or sell some shares? What are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, as much as I do, Uh, you're a lot closer uh, on, believe it or not, to Boston than I am out here on the West Coast. Um, You know, I think, I think FSG has always made it very clear that that if a minority ownership um, that made sense for for them and and for the club that would come in that provide more capital to support the club, they're always open to that and any, any big commercial entity of the magnitude we're talking about is always receiving either typically unsolicited, unsolicited offers for, hey, what would it take if I wanted to make up a number of 5%, 10% of the shares? You've got to remember FSG is a multi-billion dollar operation that's just not Liverpool Football Club. It's yeah. Boston Red Sox. More recently, Pittsburgh Penguins of the NHL, um, New England Sports Network, massive sports network in, in New England uh, that broadcasts Red Sox games. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, they're, they've got a NASCAR team. So it's a very diverse group um it's it's a large group we all focus on John Henry and and Tom Warren and Mike Gordon but there are a lot more partners in that and around so you know I think that they I think are always open to to inbounds uh uh you know either solicited or in, unsolicited and this is probably no different and and that's about as much as I know Dom.
1: Okay so if I was to ask you one question um we see the likes of Newcastle we see the likes of City owned by you know Let's say state. That's as far as I can go with that. I don't really want to get too much involved. Um, From a Liverpool fan perspective, what we would like to see is some of you who come in and share the same values. Now, for me, putting politics aside, I don't believe that their clubs do. Do you think FSG will take this on board when they're looking to do this?
0: Yeah, I think they're very, very clear on what they own in Liverpool Football Club, not just the economics of Liverpool Football Club, but their responsibilities to uphold the values of the fan base, the city, um, I think they're very cognizant of what's going on in the world of, you know, real high-end soccer right now. Um, and I think they will take into account, should they be interested in taking either minority or uh, investment or, or, or selling the club, um, you know, the, the the moralistic structure of potential owners. I, I truly believe that. I think that they understand that they have an obligation um, to, as they pass on, if you will, the baton. To, to somebody else to take Liverpool to the next level or certainly take them forward that it's not just about money. I, I think they've learned that over their tenure of 12 years that that there are missteps that you know every club makes but you know they um, I think they've righted those pretty quickly but they understand uh, what this fan base is all about uh, both locally and globally and I think that they're very clear what they need to do. Um, after that I, I don't know but I do know, uh, that that my bosses at the time, my owners at the time, have a very keen sense of what is right and wrong when dealing with Liverpool Football Club and its supporters.
1: Perfect. That's exactly what we want to hear. Um, I'll finish on Jurgen Klopp because he's a man who we all absolutely cherish, we adore. He's you know he's he's everything to us. He's got that bang on, the news.
0: Yeah, it was it was before me. I mean, yeah. uh, but but I happened to be there. You know, it's interesting. I happened to be in. In London the day that he joined Liverpool we played Spurs the next day I'd been invited by Ian air and Billy Hogan to come over. I was still at EA to um, uh, to be a, a, a moderator and a and a, and a leader of a partnership meeting in in London where sponsors and advertisers got together so by sheer coincidence I met Jurgen that first night and I'll always remember you know all he had available up front was Div origi and uh, you know we had as you know, unfortunately happens, so many injuries and players unavailable and uh, you know, we went to the game the next day. It wasn't the most exciting game. I think it was a nil-nil draw the next day. But yeah, I mean, Jurgen is well, I always I always relate to the Shankly quote, I was made for Liverpool and Liverpool was made for me. Obviously you saw he just got the freedom of the city and well deserved. Um, and, you know, uh, you talk about, as we were just talking about the owners, somebody that gets Liverpool, understands what the fans want, understands what it means to them, um, understands that, that look, you win, you lose, but, boy, you better, when you wear that red shirt, you better give everything here, uh, because that's what the fans deserve, and, and Jürgen certainly does that. And we've had an amazing run with him, um, like any football team, like any sports team, has its ups and downs, you can't win everything. Um, and, um, he rides it through, um, you know, as he always says, uh, football is the most important of the least important things in life. And, uh, you know, we, as fans, you know, we can have our weekend ruined or start with a great spring in our step when we get a a victory, particularly here where the games sometimes are at 4.30 AM. Uh, and, uh, and Jurgen provides the one thing you always know, he's going to put a team on the, on the pitch that we'll give everything here. And yeah, we, we win most of the time. I mean, we, we're we very fortunate as a football club to have him.
1: Yeah, very spoiled the last few years. So, you know, we can take a little bit, of, little bit of losses here and there now, but I'm sure we'll be back. Peter, I'm sure you've got a lot of things on. As you've mentioned, you have meetings after this. I just really wanted to say thanks very much for joining. I know you probably get tons of requests and I really appreciate your time um, and also Abigail and helping us get this sorted. So I wish you luck with everything.
0: All right, Dom. I wish you luck with the podcast. Good luck with uh, getting this uh, to scale uh, and, and getting your readership, your viewership, your the 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 your followers up and running here. It's important we have people like yourself representing the voice of the fans. So good luck with it.
1: Thank you very much. Catch you soon.
0: All right. Cheers, Dom. Thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow our social media: Twitter.com/slash/TheRoadEndPod and also our Instagram page: Instagram.com/forward/slash. The Road End Pod.